Welcome back, everybody, to The Good, The Bad, and The Obscure. I'm Luis. And I'm Matt. And this is a show where we talk about stuff you probably haven't heard of. And if you have, well, good on ya. Honestly, though. Okay. You guys need to look up more stuff. If you don't know the things we're talking about at this point, if you haven't actively sought out new things after listening to us, having so much fun with the new things we're learning... Most of the new things. Not all of them, naturally. Of course. But if you haven't actively sought out new obscure things just by listening, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, the point of this podcast is to make things less obscure. And you can, you know, be one step ahead of us already. By listening to all of the content ahead of time. Exactly. So that being said, if you haven't watched Swiss Army Man... Just do that right now. Yeah. Just do a quick Swiss Army Man. And then join us because we're doing a live watching of it during this podcast. Exactly. Where we'll kind of be doing a commentating. We'll, we'll wait. We'll just wait here while you watch it. Yeah. Well, we won't watch it until you come back. Because that's just the kind of thing friends do. Okay, we're going to trust the honor system on this one and assume that you've already seen it. Yes, thank you. Uh, so, jumping right on into it. Luis, Swiss Army Man. Give us a quick... Uh, uh, rundown. So, Swiss Army Man was a 2016 uh, movie directed by Daniels, which are two people named Daniel. And if honestly, I just want to meet someone named the same name I have. Name the same uh, name I, don't I think have. You're ever gonna find somebody with the same name as you. I've met dozens. It's just such. Okay. Anywho, <laughs> and call ourselves the Luises. I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty fun, actually. You know? So it's directed by Daniels. It stars Paul Dano. As Hank and Daniel Radcliffe as Manny, and not for Dano, but for Daniel Radcliffe, this is him trying to escape the hole that Harry Potter is. You know, I do. I'm well aware. Harry Potter, if you're not aware, Harry, what was Harry Potter? <laughs> Harry Potter was a beloved children's series published by J.K. Rowling. Yes, about it was kind of like Lord of the Rings before Lord of the Rings. Or after Lord of the Rings, if we're being completely honest. And kind of without the medieval stuff and more wizardry. It's a young adult novel that mostly adults read by now. Yeah. Uh, which, I don't know, I, people should address it more? People should address it. And yeah. the, the problem that, that adults are reading young adult, all adult novels, like they're regular novels. It's... And there clearly is an age divide. I mean, it's not... These novels are designed to be beloved, you know? Yeah. Anywho, that's another thing. Why would everybody not just write a novel designed to be beloved? Exactly, you know? It's the formula is right there. <laughs> and people leave it on the ground <laughs> like it was, it's not already been invented. Like, we have the mousetrap, people. Catch some mice. <laughs> it's just so easy. Th- I was... haven't done it because I've been kind of lazy, you know? Yeah, which I'm pretty sure is 90% of people. But <laughs> I think 99 Here's the thing. What's the thing? Back in the olden days of high school, we had a career day. Not a career day. We would have multiple career days in which they they would bring in they would bring in somebody who from a specific profession at like our lunch hour, and then it was a voluntary thing to go to this, but also you had to go to a certain number, so it wasn't really voluntary. So it's um, a lot of things in high school work that way. Yeah. So they would bring in like I'm a doctor or. Yeah, I, I, I'm a planetologist, or sometimes... Or I want to pause a, right there for you. Planetologist. Yes. Geologist? No, looks at planets. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> and okay. One day they brought in an author, and I was like, well, gee, this is close to kind of what I want to do. Maybe yeah. I'll go to this. And they brought in the most depressed author <laughs> I think I've ever heard talk. Why uh, was he depressed? She... Thank you very much. Sorry this is 2018. <laughs> this is 2018. <laughs> um, she came in and she she had written uh, two to three books from her young adult series about orcs living under a mountain and a woman who, girl, who sort of falls into this world of orcs and has a ring. And it sounded vaguely like Harry Potter mashed together with other young adults mashed together with Lord of the Rings. Right. Anyway... Never have I heard somebody give a more bitter career talk. I was like, oh, kind of left that going, ah, maybe being an author isn't so great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she worked another job at the time, so I don't know if you would even call that a, a profession. What did, uh, 
What did you get from the talk? Well, I learned writing young adult books. In order to really get popular, you kind of have to be one of about six people. Holy fuck. Well, that's what it sounds like. Like, what? How many, how many people really seek out young adult books that they haven't already heard of? Not a lot. Yeah. I mean, that happens with general fiction, too. Like, it's really not until you get super big that you have any sort of success, but... No, I'm she was read that better. much. Yeah. I was, I was walking, reading my book. I was walking while reading my book, which yes. is more dangerous than walking with your phone out, I think. I don't know. I've walked into less poles reading books than I have cell phone. But how often have you walked reading a book? Uh, several times. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's... It's a different kind of dangerous. Anywho, I was reading my book and walking at the same time. Yes. And this old man said to me, Oh, I, it's good to see whippersnapper. He didn't say whippersnappers. Right, but it was implied. Oh, pal. Yeah. Just his face implies. All right. Yeah, no, I You get calling it. you whippers, whipp, whippersnapper. Whippersnapper. It's not even like, there's no R's, but you oh, hear yeah. them. Yeah. Whippersnapper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he said, it's nice to see some whippersnappers reading books nowadays. Yes. That's all he said to me. And I did kept you walking. Respond? I said, ha yeah. Like it was a text conversation. <laughs> you know, I, I've had that same response to people in real life. <laughs> the other day I was, I was bringing flowers home. Yeah. And That's adorable. Uh, right? Why were you bringing flowers home? Well, it, it was for a future event in which I oh. needed flowers. But anyway. Can you divulge the event right now? No. Okay. And so my neighbors who... <laughs> My neighbors were on their porch and they were like, oh, what did you do this time? And I just, I literally laughed for like 30 seconds. I went, ha, 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 ha. And then I didn't say anything else and walked inside. Oh, buddy. And I thought I diffused that conversation nicely. You did a great job. <laughs> their, their verbal comments were a baseball. You just swung that out of the park. I did. These are, these are the neighbors here. Their, their house currently has two TVs back to back. In which COD just sort of runs on it all the time. And they have couches that just face each other. So it's like, this is not sort of a group I want to insert myself into. But rather, you know, I built the fence. And I will keep that fence right there. Nicely mentioned. Where I can wave and laugh over top of it. But never enter. Never enter. No. It's one of those, that COD setup sounds yes. like uh, pickup soccer. But for COD, and that just sounds unhealthy. Yeah, no, definitely. Because at least pick up soccer, you know, you, you meet some good boys or yeah. some good lads or some good girls. <laughs> some and you, you sort of, you warm up the feet. But... It with, sounds like you don't do soccer. <laughs> but with COD, what do, what do you really get? You get a couple of sweaty palms. You rank up. And you do rank up, but... <laughs> in you the grand scheme of things. Can you put ranking up in your pocket, Louise? Does, does ranking up put a... Put a roof over your head. You're making a lot of people sad by saying that. <laughs> Look, Luis. Look, Luis. I'm just sort of... It, you know, if you play COD casually, we all have those moments of weakness. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but I said what I said. <laughs> I want to let it linger over there. But if you have COD as a permanent structure in your home... Maybe think about that. If if someone asks you, what are some of your hobbies? And you say, I play COD. You you deserve whatever's coming to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that being said... If, you could have said video games. Yeah. If you, like, are doing this... You know, I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying that everything should have a limit. And COD is not outside of everything in this... In this V diagram. Okay. Our V diagram goes. Let's close our eyes. A circle. Imagine. There's yeah. one circle in this V diagram, not not two that overlap. There's one. It's just and it one. says everything. And then it also says limits. <laughs> and COD is right there in that circle. And you know what's outside of that circle? Nothing. There's nothing outside of it. So I don't because know what you want me to tell you. Everything has limits. Exactly. Okay. It's almost like this is working very effectively. That makes sense. You know who doesn't have limits? Um, honestly, after this analogy, I'm not even really sure I believe that there is anybody. Daniel Radcliffe. That's true. And also, because of your graph, technically uh, uh, everyone has limits. Elaborate. Okay, so Daniel Radcliffe has no limits. 
because after his uh, long-lived, that's a that's a joke on the phrase short-lived. Oh, I get it. Yeah, on his long-lived um, role of Harry Potter. That's that's how they say. It. Yeah, they being the Brits. I'm just I don't even know what I'm doing there. On his long-lived tenure, I want to call it the tenure of Harry Potter because no one else can play Harry Potter. Yeah. He got rightfully so typecast, you know? Yeah. When you play a character that iconic to so many people's uh, minds and you grow up with the character, it's inevitable. So Dan Radcliffe has been doing great work by escaping that typecast and Swiss Army Man is a great example of that, you know? That's true, He plays a corpse. Other things Dan Radcliffe has done... He played uh, the main character in Echoes, and he was naked in it. So a lot of fangirls were really excited. I read some really disturbing blogs. What is Echoes? Echoes? It's A-Q-U-U-S, and it's a play. Oh, it's a play. Okay. Yeah. It it opened in the West End. Uh, He also played a neo-Nazi. Or no, he played an FBI agent playing a neo-Nazi in, like, Invictus. Not Invictus. Uh, It was this odd movie. Anyway, what does Swiss Army Man, this neo-Nazi movie, and... Oh, Imperium. Yeah. Imperium and Echoes have in common. They're all radically different than Harry Potter. They're very radically different. <laughs> and I think Swiss Army Man is the most radically different because how do you play a corpse, okay? <laughs> yeah. You don't. You know, a lot of it was done... Uh, a lot of... I don't know. I don't know how to say this, but I imagine that a lot of it was pre-planned because the movements are so limited. So he was more of a model working, and he had a dummy with him that was just rigged all the time. Oh, okay. Like a like a fantastic Ruth Gold, Rube Goldberg machine. Oh yes, okay, yes. So the model does something, and he sort of just does it also. Maybe he was like face checking a lot of it. I don't know. He talks in it too. Now, this shows Dan Radcliffe is willing to do whatever it takes to escape the um, the typecast. Yeah. But I don't think that's what he's doing. In, you know. No. Because this is looking at Dan Radcliffe as an as a not as a person, just as this image. But I think Dan Radcliffe, the person, not the image. Yes. It's just do whatever the hell he wants. And I respect that so much. If you want to play a corpse, play a corpse. And that's super similar to his counterpart, Paul Dano, who can't be typecast. Paul Dano. What else has he been in other than this? Because I feel like I've seen him a lot, but I don't... Can't put my finger in any actual movies. Uh, There's this little movie, like, called There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah, that's him, hey? Yeah. He's that... He's the kid... Yeah, he was in uh, Little Miss Sunshine. As Dwayne. Love and Mercy. Prisoner. As, I believe, the suspect in it. In which one? In Prisoners. Yeah, he was um, a suspect. He was Brian Wilson, young Brian Wilson in Love and Mercy. And he was the twin brother and the twin... The other, He was the twin brothers in um, There Will Be Blood, which... Gets the Obscure Pod uh, Honorary Award for Best Film Title Ever. There Will Be Blood. Yes. Best Film Title Ever. You think so? I think so. You're willing to put your little stamp on that? I'll give the Luis from the Obscure Pod stamp of approval or stamp of recognition. Best Film Title Ever. I think that's fair. Okay. Okay. If you have any... uh, Contenders, let me know. We'll talk about it. <laughs> so this movie is super weird. The Daniels, the directing duo, have done a ton of music videos, including stuff for Tenacious D. And I'm just going to stop there, because that's enough for you to know that this is weird shit. Yes, you know? yeah. They've also done... Oh, they did uh, videos for Alt-J. They oh, yeah, okay. They did Breeze Blocks for Alt-J, which is a phenomenal video. Yeah. Uh, just visually. Not not exclusively visually, but okay. I think the best thing of it is visually. And Swiss Army Man definitely has their uh, 
their thumbprint on it. It's just such a good movie, you know? It's so so good in the sense that you don't know what to expect. And not you don't know what to expect in the crime thriller um, genre. Yeah. More in the what the hell is going on. Yeah, so like if you if you haven't seen Swiss Army Man, honestly, seeing <coughs> going into it blank is your best option here. So I I would I would actually strongly advise just watching it yeah. before listening. But um, you know, if if it doesn't really interest you, it's generally about a guy who is stranded on an island and finds a corpse um, nearby who's washed up and sort of slowly begins to realize that the corpse is this, a, like a Swiss Army knife, but of a person. And yeah. has basically, he slowly comes alive, and through Paul Dano, who's the main character, and Daniel Radcliffe, who's the dead guy, they, they start to bond and form a friendship as they try to journey home. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call him alive, we're just animated. Well, yeah, because he's not dead. I mean, he's not alive, because he does clearly say he's dead. Yeah. But he he's able to talk at about halfway through the movie, and he's able to do some stuff. He even mentions that he knows how he died. I forget how. Or maybe he just woke up dead? Yeah. Something like that. Incredibly bizarre. Love it so much. Shall we delve into spoiler territory? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Because uh, pretty much saying anything else at this point is going to be some form of a spoiler. Um, that is true. It, yeah. It's very not plot heavy. No, and that's that's what I mean, where it's after this point, yeah. one, everything we say is going to be pretty much taking something away from this film. Right. Um, <clears throat> the movie starts brilliantly. There's this... Well, you know more about this than I do, but starting a story in the middle is a very... Um, what's it called? It's not a cliche at all, but it's a good writing strategy to make your stories instantly interesting. Oh well, yeah, you want to start at the point where there's the most amount of action and least amount of information. Right. Because then people are going to want the information later. Rather, nobody wants information at the beginning. No. And this movie nails that, but also nails it in a way that is so weird in the fact that, and movies, other movies have of course done this, but there's this guy who's staring at the ocean on a beach who's about to hang himself. Period. Yeah. And he starts hanging himself. Uh, well, he prepares to hang himself. He sees Daniel Radcliffe being washed up. Who's called Manny? I'm going to call him Manny. He sees Manny just being washed up. And then he kind of like peers at him. Yeah. His stool beh- uh, under him collapses, and he starts, you know, being choked. He starts being hung by himself, or hung by the rope he made, which is yeah, like a little bungee cord. Yeah. And that's the start of the movie. Yeah. And you're just left there to look at this guy dying while this dead corpse is there, and they hold you for, like, a little bit, which yeah. is really weird. It's a bizarre start. It's awesome. But you know because there's, you know, a whole movie to go, the rope breaks, and here we are. I actually took that rope breaking as his his brain losing enough oxygen for him to be crazy, you know? Him just, like, snapping. Mm-hmm. That's probably fair, yeah. For some reason, he finds purpose in this corpse and decides to carry it away from the shore and some kind of starts talking to it. Well, I, I believe he initially finds interest because and this corpse, the reason it, it's sort of called Swiss Army Man is that Throughout the movie, there's new purposes for him. So, the first purpose, I believe, is that the corpse initially starts farting. Right. And that allows him to be used as a bit of a boat for Paul Dano. So, the farting basically works, I don't know, like, just as the boat. And Paul Dano gets on top of Daniel Radcliffe, and they sail away. Mm -hmm. Brilliant scene, by the way. Yes. And then from there, then they start their actual journey inland. Right. Um, where they quickly become friends. Yes. And they start talking. He's yes. very surprised at the whole talking thing. But they start talking, they start bonding. They talk about um, the picture on Paul Dano's phone, 
on Hank's phone of a girl. And then Manny's like, ooh, is that your girlfriend? He's like, no, it's just this girl I like. And that's, there's two driving forces in this movie. One being he wants to, Paul Dana wants to find civilization again. The second being he, Manny wants Paul Dano to find the girl. Yes, and Manny slowly, does Manny slowly develop feelings for the girl, or does Paul Dano tell him he's, does that come later, in which he, like, begins to have feelings for this girl? I think that comes later. Okay. Yeah, so, generally speaking, the story goes along that way, where they travel together and slowly become friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a bit of a falling out, and then nearish, I I would say, about three quarters through the movie, Mm -hmm. is... There's what feels like a large chunk of the movie in which they are prepping to see this girl in the bus. Yes. Which is equally beautiful and equally just super disturbing, I guess, because of the location it's in and how it's all done. Yeah, because they're in the middle of the forest building a bus. And I believe they're not even that far from houses. They don't know They're, that. Yeah, they don't know it yet, but I'm pretty sure it's just over the hill. Mm-hmm. So it's a really like, if there's like a small forest in a community, it's like these guys are just building this mass, this bus in there out of yeah. vines and twigs and stuff. Uh, and whatever else they find, because uh, Manny is able to cut large trunks with yep. his arms just by being like spring-loaded. Yes. It's It's really hard to imagine, but that's kind of the beauty of it. Because, yes, we're going to spoil the story, but again, it's not something you can spoil in the sense that you need to watch it still. It is one of the few movies I can actually say it's a must-watch because you can talk so much about it, but the the images you see, at least, are... And the way music is used. The music is so good. Because it, it, it kind of gives off <laughs> a sort of um, Hunt for the Wilder People vibe. Oh, yeah. Um, where it's... It's about the journey of these two people coming together. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's a really, yeah, it's a journey film, not so much a destination. So it's, you know, watching them go along and sort of the emotional moments and the music is used so well in it mm-hmm. uh, that it really comes down to just like sort of humor that's shared in this um, and the different ways that Manny is used in it is also a good source of the comedy throughout because he's a, he's a saw, he's a fountain, he's a, he's a gun, he's a boat. Yeah. He's all these things, but he's just a corpse. Oh, he's also a compass. He's a His compass. boner uh, points where they have to go. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's an improvement God couldn't think of. You know? <laughs> Imagine if your dick was a compass. And that's something animals have. Like swallows? Swallows know where to go. Yeah. Us humans? Oh yeah, okay. They they know where to go. Their their dicks are not compasses. No, but that's they... that's a little bit of the jump you made there. Yeah, I, I definitely missed some there. But swallows have instinctually ingrained in them that they need they just got places to be. You okay. know what humans need? What do humans need? That. We we have we don't have that. We need a, a dick that's able to lead us the way. And I think that's one of the main topics of this film. Our bodies aren't perfect and we should feel bad about it. So we should <laughs> die and reincarnate as good bodies. <laughs> I think that's the... That's the message of this film? Two things. Yes. Message of the film. Second. I, I was going to say it's a joke, but no, I'm, I'm sticking with okay, it. Okay, so the two points were actually the same point if anybody was following Luis's argument. The first point is the first point. The second point is the first point set again. Okay. Um, Repetition, man. You gotta play with it. Repetition, man. You gotta play with it. Oof. <laughs> I, I hope somebody somebody laughed at that. <laughs> I hope so, too. Uh, Counter-argument there. For the dick compass? compass yeah. Dick? N- about the message of the film. Oh. I would argue this is more about... No, actually, I think you're right on the dick it's about the I was going to say that it's probably about the human condition, but I was like, I don't know. I don't. I think it might actually be about dying and coming back as something better. Wait, you're saying this movie uh, that's simple 
in a surface level is actually really well made and crafted about the human condition and finding yourself in your moment of, you know, despair? What are you saying? Come on, Matthew. This movie is just about um, chopping shit and getting the girl and feeling bad about... Actually, do you remember that part? What? So Paul Dano reveals that he never talked to the girl. You know? Yeah. Paul Dano told Manny, Dana Ratcliffe, that this whole narrative that, yes, this girl I really like, etc., 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 and Manny bought into it. And then when Hank tells Manny that this is actually a girl I just saw on the bus that I am in love with, it destroys Manny because he was helping Hank yeah. to get the girl. And now he, Manny almost dies again Yeah. because his purpose is gone. Yeah, he finds him. He, I think he says he wishes he was actually dead, or exactly. fully dead, or something. Right. Uh, so yeah, his purpose is gone, and now the two can't escape because of that. So yeah, do you think that's the message? Bullshit. You know, finding purpose in life. Nah, none of that. Adios. Goodbye. That's why a lot of people walked out of the film. Oh, the guy walked out of? Yep. In Sundance, where it premiered, a lot of people walked out of it because they saw a dick compass, and I'm like, that's not the way I want to go. Yeah, it's a pretty polarizing film, quite frankly. Yes. Although, like... I'm glad bo- you and I both agree that it's really well made. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, you got a lot of people who are either thinking it's a masterpiece, or, and masterpiece is pretty strong, but, like, even just thinking that it was really well done on an emotional journey, and you have people on IAMDB, at least, who say it's the dumbest movie they've ever seen, or forgettable like a fart, or this one just says awful. Period? No, just awful. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it really seems to range between those two divisions there, which, I mean, I guess is most reviews. Like, nobody really goes on there like, yeah, you know, 8 out of 10. Like, I quite like this, but I'm not a 10. Not a 10. Yeah, it's, Nobody really sits down and like, six, this was fine. It's the same thing with App Store apps. Yeah. Where it's like either four, five, or just ones. There's nothing, numbers don't, other numbers don't exist. You know, it's either five or one. Yeah. Which is a terrible way to, to describe a product. I, you know, people who call it awful don't know what they're looking at. Okay, strip the story. Yes. Strip the unique premise. You were mentioning music-wise, and I was mentioning visually. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. You know, they did some phenomenal storytelling with those two components. You could really see the Daniels sh- uh, the Daniels' uh, previous career shine through, you know? Yeah. The movie was full of montage- mon- montages. 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 Boy, um... It was a little slip of the, what's it called? Entonation. Anyway, you could really see their background as music film directors with this. And it was super clear, you know? Because it wouldn't have worked. The story doesn't have enough substance if they didn't apply these, I don't want to call techniques, but but tools, you know? Uh, and they had everything... Yeah, and the performances shown through those, uh, that vision, it was really, really well made in that sense. So, Super Late Story, still super good. Yeah. You know? If you got any more uh, IMDb reviews, and how can IMDb be bad? Oh, there's some really rough reviews in here that we probably don't need to delve into. Uh, Care to share like a Care Bear? Care to share like a Care Bear. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a line from my upcoming album. Is that so? Yeah. Do you have any other lines you would like to share? Um. Oh, I do actually. I'm not gonna sing them, but I'll say them. Okay. One is, uh, money's not the goal in the end. That's why it's called dough and not bread. Very nice. Yeah. It's like sitting in a rancid sewer and watching the smell. Is that another review? Yeah, not really sure what that means. 
Um, How can you watch the smell? I'm not really sure, but they gave it a 1 out of 10. He said absolute another bleep of a movie. But if you do decide to waste your time watching it, keep the remote handy, especially the fast-forward button. <laughs> if you have the remote handy... <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is not why you've watched movies, but I guess, I guess I probably am watching it wrong. Maybe their TV remote is broken and you can't turn the TV off. It's your neighbor's! It's with my the, neighbors, with yes. the infinite concession. Yes. Holy crap. How often <laughs> do you find stops. how often do you find other people online that you know locally? Never. Never. No. That's why those Reddit stories are always super weird. I do have a yeah who answers that I was hoping you could answer. Ooh, hell. I'll close my eyes and hope for the best. Uh I don't know why. This is Yahoo answers. answers. Um They are wondering. To any girls in Oklahoma, like yep. indie movies, will you see one with me? Swiss Army Man, is it? Harry Potter is there. It's a date. Do we kiss? Luis, can you <laughs> give me an answer? Can you at, give them an answer? I they don't have a name. I want to look at your screen to know that you're not making this up. Yes. I'm well versed in the Yahoo answer, right? Yeah. Which is the Yahoo answers language. Okay. Popularized by the movie, by the, not movie, but the short film. Not video. Short film. Pregadanet. Do you remember that one? No, I do not. Watch it. It's good. Uh, this young lady is asking, do any females in Oklahoma like independent movies? Would one of you watch it with yours truly? Swiss Army Man? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter's in it. It's a date. Do we court each other? That's so, what they're saying. So the reason Luis was having trouble with that Swiss Army Man bit is that it actually just says Swiss Mar Ar Army Man is it. Period. <laughs> Harry Potter is there. It space S space a date. Do we kiss? Is what he was trying to work on. Um... And do you have an answer for this young lady, as you call her? We don't actually know. This she true. has no name, right? She has no profile. Uh, well, we'll call her Oklahoma. Indy, Oklahoma. Okay. So, I.O., um, I do have an answer for you. If I was in Oklahoma... Yeah? I would not watch the movie with you. I'm sorry. I This movie came out two years ago, so I think you've grown past this... This thing already. Uh, but let's assume I am with you during that time. Okay. Yeah. For the Let's devil's advocate. <laughs> Is it devil's advocate? I don't know. Yeah. And you know, yes. Sure. Yeah, devil's advocate. I. Yes, Luis. You, Luis. Would love to watch that movie with you. If you want, still want to watch this movie with Luis, yeah. um, hit him up. He's on the Twitter. Or email and he'll... He'll watch it with you. I'll respond, and I'll, uh... Good time. It's a good good responder. It is 2018, even though the movie came out in 2016, so yeah. I expect us to split the movie cost. Yes. And, um, do we kiss? That depends. <laughs> yeah, that's a separate question. Anyway, the only answer that was supplied to this poor person is, what are you, like 12? <laughs> By Jay Don. Oh my god, Jay Don. It was two years ago, right? Yes, that was two years ago. Christ. Look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on many dates with people, especially given that I'm in a relationship and that would just be not cool. Yes. But the way she used her words, you know. Yeah, you're turned on by proper grammar. Not turned on. I'm intrigued. All right. I'm just intrigued. <laughs> oh, I, I am intrigued by proper grammar. <laughs> oh, Chris, loose definition of proper there. Yeah. Lucy Goosey. So what did... I guess going back to this movie, you enjoyed it then? I did. Yes. That sounded like you weren't entirely confident. I'm just did. not entirely confident because it's it's one of those movies that I can't recommend. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Okay. Because you pretty much just said earlier that this was a must-see. I did, actually. Yeah, so let so. me back up. That's not necessarily what I meant. Okay. What I mean is more like this. That's totally what <laughs> I Because that's pretty literal. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Elaborate. Can we get this? No, let, let's follow up on this. 
This is good content. Oh Fuck. <laughs> Luis, what did you think of Swiss Army Man? I really liked it. It was really good. Okay. Elaborate. <laughs> I think it's a must-see. <laughs> no, j- 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 I'm actually just going to keep all of this. <laughs> good, you should. This movie is good because it makes people that are dead follow their dreams, you know? it's, it's It shows people can be dead. Also, I have a question. Yeah. Why did the role of a dead person go to Dan Radcliffe? Someone who was alive? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not <laughs> this a satire. <laughs> why would why would an alive person be given a role of a rightfully clearly dead person? Dan Radcliffe, Manny, played not played, but uh, um, said so many times in the movie, "I am dead." Yeah. Isn't that a little bit insensitive? Do we not have enough dead actors that we could have used one of them? <laughs> we have so many dead actors. John uh, Clark Gable. Hughes? John He was a director. Uh, is he dead? No. Okay, well, don't cross him off the list. <laughs> we have... We have... Um, Just going to say it. David Bowie? <laughs> Henry Fonda? Yeah? Alan Rickman? He uh, would have been great in this. He would have honestly been better than Daniel Radcliffe. Absolutely. Um, the Ooh. guy, the guy who played the first Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Gene. Gene Wilder. We could have brought so many dead people. We could have had multiple dead people play this role. Just give them a big coat. Just give them big coat. <laughs> yeah. I'll hide them all. Give them it. big coat. <laughs> hide people in big coat, and you have big actor play dead person. Isn't that right, Louis? Money. <laughs> Money. <laughs> yes. It's fallproof. See, the language you're using is so simplistic because it's foolproof. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. So that's my only criticism, a small one. It was t- 2016 at different times, so it's okay. Yeah, if, it, if this movie was made in 2018, you better fucking believe <laughs> that we would have a dead actor playing that dead role. <laughs> Oh, Change Chris. happens slowly, but dead person advocates. The only person who can play this role is Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Because it's Daniel Day Lewis. Or Scarlett Johansson, because she steals a lot of roles already. <laughs> Oof. Throwing <laughs> stones, hey? In this glass house of yours, which isn't used correctly. But that's fine. Would. I can throw stones. I, I don't. I, this I whole this whole Daniel Day Lewis as a character actor thing is a little bit old, but like, would he actually be dead? Like, how would <laughs> where? <laughs> how far would he go for this role? He would say, "Look, truth is, I gotta drown myself." And Daniel Day Lewis, retired actor, by the way, now. Yep. Is he gonna return to play a retired person? Is this all a ploy? <laughs> is he just preparing he, for his next role? Yeah. Is he gonna come out and he's gonna be like? I'm going to be a retired person. My new hit comedy with Adam Sandler, where I played Adam Sandler's dad, retired, yeah. in brackets. It's like Dustin Hoffman in uh, Meet the Fockers. Yeah, or like that movie about the father. I, Daniel Blake? Y- yes. He wasn't a father. Oh, no, he was. Oh, no, he wasn't a father. Or like the father in that one movie, um, Blue Valentine. I haven't seen that. Is it good? It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> well, Honestly, it's just one of the more depressing films. <laughs> oh, shit. That's not good. Yeah. Well, I, I, had, I had a friend who, he watched Blue Valentine the first time, of course. Just all the way through. And now when he watches Blue Valentine, because it shows the past and the present sort of thing, and it compares them meeting as a couple to where they are now. Mm-hmm. He just would only watch the past bits of them falling in love. <laughs> He wouldn't watch any of the present bits. He skips through them. <laughs> Man, you should make... They should make a, a DVD edition of it. Yeah. That you can choose which version. Just, to a, just the fun parts Just the fun just parts. Just the cutesy romance parts. Just skip the first minutes of Up. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, or playing like... Playing around the, in Fox and Hound. The Brookback Mountain, like, the last 30 minutes or whatever. I haven't seen it. Yeah, again, another one of those movies where you're like, 
You're not allowed to end a movie like that. <laughs> hey, red flag. <laughs> red flag. Come. What are you? Why? He's wondering. Why would you? You're breaking movie rules. <laughs> oh, man. That's a sad one. Oh. I, uh, uh, that being my only criticism. Yes. Of the movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's the kind of movie that you want fun. Yeah. That you have fun watching it, but you do have to have an open mind while watching it because it's it's really unlike anything you've ever seen. Yeah. Quite literally, and not in the whole. Oh, we're marketing a movie because we're paid to say this. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. No, this is generally something you've never seen, and it's a. It's a movie you don't have to focus a lot on, because it's very... Lighthearted. It's very lighthearted. Yeah. It kind of drives itself, you know? It's it's like Google's new cars. It just exactly. drives itself. And you... But it doesn't have the potential of hitting any people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it drives itself and does no wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes it really... It's a self-contained movie, you know? In the sense of... You yeah, start watching you just, it. Yeah, sit down for an hour and a half. Have yeah. a good time. Yeah. And that's a huge compliment. Yeah. I, I mean it as that. a compliment. Because uh, you don't have to think about it. And it does have good themes and values. Which yeah, is something without being overbearing. Right. I get that, yeah. Which is something I definitely look for in a movie. Yeah, like, I got, I'm kind of in the, the same place where I'm like, I don't, a lot of the time I kind of just want to sit down and watch something New like this. Like, I watched Pan's Labyrinth for the first time the oh, other day. Oh, what'd you think? Yeah, phenomenal. Right? But in the same way that sit down for the blanks of the movie and you leave having watched something that you feel like you haven't really seen mm-hmm. in this way before. Uh, same with, like, Hunt for the Wilder People, where it's, you sit down and it's, Pan's Labyrinth is totally different tonally, but in these two movies you, you sit down and it's a, sort of, it's a fun journey between these two people in which they come together and there's never really stakes where, like, there, there's obviously stakes, and you feel like you want you want these characters to succeed, and obviously they're in danger while you're watching it and stuff, but mm-hmm. you're never at a point where you're like, man, I'm kind of depressed that their entire life is falling apart, kind of like like um, Little Miss Sunshine, where it's, there's yeah. more, there's more of a serious tone for that film, even yeah. though if you took away how depressing parts of that movie are, it would have the same tonal level as this. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not, I guess, you know, picking any sort of critiques on this film would probably have to be that I, I do understand the unclearness of the messages throughout, mm-hmm. where it, it does kind of come across like, yeah, maybe there's a little bit more to be desired in, in focus there, especially at the ending where it kind of feels like they tried to have the best of both worlds by not really telling you anything, but... Yeah. I think there's a benefit there, too. And yeah. I don't know, I liked how they did it in this movie, so. I think that definitely adds to the whole, it's a contained movie, self-contained movie. Yes. Because you kind of just leave it as like, oh, that was something, you know? And you can talk about it, but not ponder. Yes. Uh, which I really enjoy. I would give this movie one compass stick. I would give this... A fountain of Daniel Radcliffe's inner body water. Nice. Thank you. Fun fact about Pan's Labyrinth. Yes. That, that's just in my head all the time. Do you remember the bottle uh, pummeling scene? Where the guy hits the guy in the eye with yeah. the bottle? Yeah. I do remember that scene because it was unexpected and awesome. Yeah. So, what's odd about that scene? Um, Regarding the bottle, the people. I don't, there was there was, I mean, enough of the movie kind of evoked the uncanny that I don't really like. It kind of walked that narrow part where it's like, this isn't. I know this isn't real. But I don't know. The bottle didn't break. Oh yeah. Okay. In a lot of movies, you know, bottles, the bottle breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's because Guillermo del Toro has actually seen that happen. Jesus. And he knows the bottle won't break. Jesus. Doesn't that make it so much more visceral? Yeah. Yeah. yeah or, he, that, or someone told him about it. Yeah. That, that movie's phenomenal. Like, like I left that movie because 
initially, I wish I'd gone into that actually knowing less about it than I did, and I knew very little. Right. All I knew about it was I, I had seen the short scene mm-hmm. where she goes into the world and has the, the guy with the hands, the yes. eyes. Yeah. I had seen that scene, and I, I'd seen the, his photo, and I'd seen a photo of the fawn before, but that was it. Yeah. And so watching it, I actually found myself disappointed at the end that it was, there wasn't more of that stuff. Yeah. Because there is only two... He's in there for two minutes. The fawn or the eyes? The, the eyes. Yeah. He's only in there for one scene. And I was like, I thought the entire movie... This, he was going to be the main bi- like villain. No. And of course, I'm happy with what we got. Because it's awesome. It's a great movie. But I, throughout it, I'm like, if 60% or 70% of this movie is sort of the, the real world, the war drama-esque of it. Yeah. And the other 40, 30% of it is the girl's fantasy of yeah. her escaping... I, I wanted just so I, I wanted Coraline out of this movie, which I think was the worst part about going into it. Yeah. Whereas like I wish I went into it not knowing anything about it. The movie is definitely more about the effect the yeah. the the escapes she has have on her life than yes. the actual escapes, which I think is a brilliant way to to make a movie because I don't know, it's, it's, it's Guillermo del Toro being Guillermo del Toro and just saying how valuable stories are, you know? Yeah, no, I, I love the movie. Like, the only critique is that I wish I went in knowing less. Yeah. That I wish someone had just sat me down and was like, you're watching a fairy tale, enjoy that. And you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, pretty much. It won Best Cinematography in the yeah, Oscars. It deserved it. it make, makes sense. Deserves everything. <laughs> uh, Doug Jones played... The Shape of Water guy. Okay. And the fawn. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. The fawn is so cool, and that? The movement of it? Man. Like, the design, obviously, but just the way that sort of almost, like, robotic or static mm-hmm. movement he has. It's eerie, but also very compelling. It's It moves weird without it being weird. Yeah. Like, it's... You can buy into it easily, which I think is... It's just artistic, yeah. you know? It's, it's just... like it's missing a few frames. Right. It's cool. It's really cool. Uh, what are, what are you going to be reading or watching or or working on this week? I'm still reading Peter Thiel's Zero to One. Yeah. Because uh, I kind of stopped reading for a bit and it's... Well, we've talked about it, it's a it's habit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like 10 pages away from finishing it. So I think I'm going to go with Cat's Cradle again. Oh, yeah, okay. And I'm going to be reading a book that we're going to be reviewing later. So we're not going to tell you what it is right now. Because people are listening. There are Coca-Colas in the fridge. Are are there Coca-Colas in the fridge? That's a a saying I was brought up with that means we can't talk about it because there's people around us that shouldn't hear this. What is that? Can you, what what would that have to do with Coca-Colas in the fridge though? Nothing, actually. Oh, okay. It's just sort of fun code. It's like, called... hey, there's Coke in the fridge. Yeah. It's... Do you have to say Coca-Cola? You can say Sprite. I think there's it's... Sprite in the fridge. Yeah, because there's people who shouldn't be hearing what I'm about to say. Okay, yeah, I don't yeah. know why that went sort of Italian. But I'm like, I'm I'm like the... I don't know. The Sprite. The Sprite. They wouldn't say Sprite. Do you know, fun fact. Yes. About Sprite. So you know the popular chip brand... Ruffles. I'm aware. I didn't know they were called that until last year. What do you think they were called? Roofless. Oh, man. Fucks with your head, man. Yeah. When someone says ruffles, I'm like, like hair? Ruffles? I guess you just, cause nobody really says the chip brand. In no, that, they say they those. Say, or they say well-dressed or whatever, the, whatever the, the, the only flavor. brand that Canadians eat. Oh, yeah, that too. Um... It was mind fucky. When someone said that, I was I questioned my <sighs> being. You know? It was just one of those things. Yeah. Have you questioned your being recently? Or better question, what are you reading? Uh I'm reading the Canadian book Fifteen Dogs. Oh. Yeah. Nice. So fifteen dogs are given intelligence mm-hmm. between a bet between gods or by a bet between gods and it's the bet is whether dogs will be any happier than humans, or any less miserable, is the way they phrase it, and by the time they die, or at the moment of their death. So it's dogs sort of, it's basically dogs kind of having self-identity crisis, and 
trying to figure out, you know, if there's a bit where they're trying to pretend to be dogs, but they're really only pretending to pretend to be dogs because they don't really know what it is to be a dog anymore. Because now that they have intelligence, they've forgotten their old language of dogs and they've adopted a new one. And then beyond that, they adopt a human language. So it's, it's very cool. It's very interesting. Super freaky. When did it come out? Uh, three years ago now, I oh, believe. Yeah. New, new book? Yeah. It's featured, I believe, on Canada Reads. Canada does read. Canada Reads, which is like a, I think CBC puts on. It's a, okay. It's a competition that happens yearly in which there's five Canadian books that are picked. And then people base, there's five people to represent those books and they debate it. And then eventually they end with one book that every Canadian should read that year. And it's that one? No, that one didn't win, but it was Canadian. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. I don't remember what it went up against. It's um, not that relevant. No, it's not anymore, hey? Yeah. Because is, is it on the obscure show? Because it's on the obscure show. Boom, bada, bing. <laughs> 15 dogs. Go read it, people. You don't have to be from Canada to read it. You don't, you don't. That's the great thing about books is that you don't have to be from any country to read them. Yeah, except you if you're just, American. There's you like have a, to be able to read. There's... There's uh the, yes 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 oh audiobooks how do, how are you gonna know which one how are you gonna be able to pick it yeah it's the one with the dogs on it <laughs> you're gonna have people reading Clifford and shit well honestly if you're reading something <laughs> yeah um like that guy who called me whippersnapper yeah yeah we can only imagine he was reading a lot you can you can email us at at obscurepod at gmail dot com you can tweet at us at ObscurePod. You can find us on Instagram at ObscurePod. You can tweet at me at SpiderPig underscore PYG. Well, spider, spider underscore PYG. Yes. You can tweet at Luis uh, at Luis G-U-E-R-R-A-L. Yep. You, there we thank go. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and everybody, um, good luck and good night. Yep.